everyone, I guess. Thanks for tuning in slash watching a very special Grad Life episode. Um, as you can tell, we are all participating digitally because none of us can be face-to-face currently. So the point of this episode is really just to talk about what it's like being a grad student in the midst of this pandemic, which sounds absolutely insane at this point. (laughs) Right? But this is something to remember in the future. Oh my gosh, for sure. I was talking about it with my friends the other day and we were talking about how we're literally in history right now. Like we are taking part in history right now. Like it's not fun or it's not like great at all but this is something that everyone's going to remember this is going to be marked Mm -hmm. down forever now interesting for sure right especially considering like how other people are handling this and everyone's you know implementing different things like in terms of countries at least um in terms of like uh different modifications for each institute and you know nothing is the same across the board so it's really important to talk about this because you know, there's different, there's different things that other people could be doing. And where do we fall into that place? Right? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I guess to start, maybe also, I want to mark the date today is March 26th. So Western itself has been closed or at least offering digital classes since the 18th, I believe. So it's been about a week since the university shut down in-person classes and moved Mm -hmm. to an online teaching module. And I believe the university officially locked down not last night, but the night before at 11.59 PM, right? Like all non-essential services Mm -hmm. shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's currently where we are with this. Um, and how our university is dealing with it. I think Western was actually the first university to switch to an online learning module. I think so. And Which is maybe, strange. Yeah. You really, really would have expected like Toronto. That's to be what the I first. expected as well. Yeah, for sure. Because it's such a central hub. Like there's, the, mm. it's so densely populated and there's so many students there. Oh yeah. Yeah, but, that's what, yeah. Yeah. Western did it first crazy so do you do you think that's a good thing do you think it's too severe to start right now because i know a lot of people are complaining saying you know we don't even have cases like this isn't even a hub so why are we implementing all of these rules in general i think it's a good thing i think it's great but uh, these are the naysayers right? oh definitely i yeah. think it's more important to be preventative than it is to be tertiary right mm-hmm. um what we can do because the long and short of it is we're look if we're looking at this like a case study nobody wants to end up like italy did oh of course right? not definitely not and the way way for that to happen is to shut things down early personally like i'm totally great with it i think it's great Mm -hmm. that the university switch and i understand that there's there's definitely going to be students that are affected by this that don't have any control over the situation whether it's about moving back home and maybe they don't have access to internet at home or they don't have a home Mm -hmm. environment they don't have the resources that they would have while they were on campus. Like I understand that a university environment oftentimes offers elements of a home environment or an environment that students might not be able to get when they're not on Mm -hmm. campus. So I understand that it's probably very difficult for students, but I think, I don't know, in the name of public health, I think it was a very smart move. In the long run, I definitely think there's going to be, yeah, long lasting implications, hashtag flatten the curve, as many people are doing right now, but yeah. Yeah, I think Canada was trying to learn the mistakes that Europe made where they jumped on it too late. So they waited for their cases to get into the tens of thousands before they started to even consider closing things down. So it's, I have some frustration. Oh, oh, geez. (laughs) UK, (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. I got a story actually about the UK. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and she told me from, I think she said one of her family members said in London, there were the day before the prime minister did full lockdown for three weeks. People mm-hmm. were still, as many people were still on the tube as it would have been during a regular rush hour. I saw oh, yeah. that on the news. Right. <laughs> this is the thing about British people. We don't panic. We don't show much emotion. Keep calm and carry fear. on. Calm and carry exactly. On. <laughs> it's like, oh, it will pass. But then that's when you need someone to tell them, stay indoors or we're going to get the police. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the more, the thing that people really need to keep in mind about this is like, yes, we're all young. Yes, we're relatively healthy. At the end of the day, the majority of us, I don't want to say all of us because obviously there's exceptions, but the majority of us, if we do end up with COVID, we are going to have relatively mild symptoms. But it's not about us. It's the fact that we could all be vessels for it and end up transferring it to someone who's significantly more vulnerable than the rest of us and could be significantly more affected. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part that people are struggling with right now. They're like, well, if I'm not having any symptoms, then I must be fine. So why can't I go and do X, Y, Z? Yeah. Yep. Oh, what was it? They, um, because some people are a, what was the word again? asymptomatic asymptomatic but you could have it but you could not be really affected by it you could just just a carrier essentially yeah we're all just vessels Mm -hmm. for the disease like peach exactly (laughs) exactly and like at least for me so what was supposed to happen was on friday the 13th i was supposed Mm -hmm. to fly out to florida um and we ended up canceling that because the thursday before we were supposed to fly out that's when the ontario government announced that they were shutting down schools for a couple of weeks like everything the ball started rolling with cancellations and preventative measures here and immediately like the next day the friday so the day that we were supposed to fly out i came down with a sore throat and a stuffy nose (laughs) (laughs) stay inside so i've actually yeah i've actually been in self-isolation for the last two weeks i haven't left my house unless it's to like walk my dog and even then we're making sure like we're not coming in contact with anyone or we move to like the other end of the street exactly yeah so it's just like so for me I'm like do I have a cold or did I potentially catch something on my way home like I don't know right right? yeah no and I know I was sort of scared so my sister just came back from Ireland about um I think on Friday so I drove all the way up to Pearson. I was like, oh no, this is ground zero. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? I brought my gloves. I brought my mask. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to come in contact with. So she's staying with me in my one bedroom apartment. And uh, so self-isolation. Yes. <laughs> Just to make sure. Yeah. But so far, so good. Yeah. And Gavin, you're still here. Like you didn't end up flying home, yeah. right? No, I didn't end up flying home. It was a lot easier for me to stay here. I mean, I'm currently at my girlfriend's place now. So we're crashing it. together. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. she still has to work. So, right. and I, as work is in, like, she goes to, she works part time at Loblaws. So, okay. Oh, uh, no so she's like an essential, essential worker right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. How is she finding it? She gets to see how crazy people are in grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which could be very crazy, I can oh. imagine. <laughs> the oh, hoarding just, mentality. Oh, my and gosh. The, yeah. Oh, God. It's, I don't know where people got the idea that toilet paper was going to save them. Do you know I, what it is? I think the news started saying that a symptom of COVID is was actually, diarrhea. Is diarrhea? Yeah. So everyone's scared. They're just gonna yeah. So toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, but five jumbo packs. That's unless you have three child, three newborn children. I think that's excessive. Yes. Yeah. Then, yeah. No, it's excessive in any sense. So 
I think yeah. I think I saw the craziest videos. Paper. Yeah. I saw the craziest videos in Australia of people getting to fist fights oh <laughs> over them. Because like, someone paper. like someone has like five, six in their trolley, one person like decides mm-hmm. to try and take one because they don't have any, and then the two mm-hmm. women start fighting that one woman who took it. But then the grocery manager came over and told that people were five saying like you can only have two. And they wouldn't accept that. Really? I think that's what just yeah. needs to happen. Like at the end of the day, you don't need five packs of toilet paper. You don't, you don't. The other woman was definitely in the right. <laughs> like you just don't. But speaking about how this is affecting people, like how mm-hmm. are you guys feeling throughout all this? Like we're all in our, like I'm at my parents' house. Like I didn't, oh gosh. <laughs> well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't end up going back to London after we mm-hmm. canceled our trip to Florida. I just stayed here because I immediately got sick (laughs) right so i've been here since so like how are how are you guys doing like how are you guys feeling about all this so i officially stopped going into work on thursday so literally a week ago and um the first few days it was hard it was hard coming up with a routine it was hard trying to feel productive when i was at home um i'm sort of into it now it has definitely taken at least a week to get adjusted but it's it's difficult. I thought it was difficult, at least in the beginning for me. And from here on out, I don't know. Hopefully it's going to be easier, but yeah. Okay. What about you, Gavin? Um, I actually, the last time I was in the lab was on the 12th when they st- said they were moving classes online. We were given the option, All like, right. if you guys want to start working from home now, you can. So quite a few people then just jumped to slowly trying to set stuff up at home. But it was definitely, I guess, frustrating the fact that I just had to adapt to working at home because I consider home is a place where I'm not really supposed to be working. Agreed. So <laughs> I'm, be- I'm having to bait- break that habit and merge the two together, which is difficult because you always find a reason to do something else. There's Whether always a bed like ex- a few steps away from me and it's always a good idea to just lie down. At least that's what to, I'm struggling with. Oh, for me, it's like there's something to clean. Oh, maybe I'll just read instead. Oh, maybe I'll bake that thing I want to make. So it's <laughs> one thing after the other <laughs> Yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So right, for both of you, is your, is your research affected by this? Like by you having to be at home? Yes. For me yes. right now, no. It's actually not. I am a little bit, and that's just because, you know, I have a committee meeting coming up. I really wanted to get certain results in, um, which required me to be in the lab. Um, I did as much as I could last week before I had to stay at home. Um, and since then, where all non-essential research has been cut, aka if I'm not working on COVID-19, I can't be doing any research in the lab. So I'm not technically allowed to go in. Um, so as of now, I can be productive on other things such as like, you know, working on my thesis, writing manuscripts, that sort of, that sort of thing. But other than that, like I sort of miss doing experiments, <laughs> but, um, what is that? I, I just, I miss them because I would like to have more production in that sense, um, in terms of hardcore results rather than just the writing aspect. And it's hard for me to differentiate, like, being productive in terms of my writing rather than being productive in terms of the results that I produce. Yeah, definitely. What about, mm-hmm. so Gavin, you're not affected. Well, at least th- luckily before all this happened, I did a, I got new data that I quickly converted and processed that I knew I couldn't really do from home. So I got all that out the way, but so nice. now I just have to worry about some data plotting, which I can do either on this laptop and I can also connect to my lap computer remotely 
from home. Ah, that's so, convenient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Google Desktop Connect extension. Anyone doesn't have it, it's very useful. Um, but mm -hmm. I can still connect to programs via here as long as the Wi-Fi connection's good. It's not an issue. Mm -hmm. And this is actually a weird blessing in disguise that mm -hmm. I can then use this time for reading and writing. So at the end of this, yeah. I might potentially make my final year next year easier. That's fair. And so, that's something that, you know, I've been thinking about because if I dedicate this time towards the writing that I would have put off later, um, hopefully it saves me some time during the last year. But yeah, um, yeah hopefully. Because then you could, just, you could then just completely focus on like any last experiments you need to get finished. Right. Hopefully. And hopefully they work out as planned. <laughs> what about you, Monica? How has it affected yeah. you? Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, I'm at my parents' house, so productivity is a little bit different I can imagine. than what it would be <laughs> if I yeah. were just at my place in London. Um, my research is completely unaffected by this because I'm doing qualitative research. The only thing that's a little bit different is um, because my participant pool is pediatric oncology nurses. Um, all of my participants have requested that we have some sort of, instead of a face-to-face -face interview, like an in-person interview, that we have to do something via Zoom or via phone, obviously, because they're working with a severely immunocompromised population. They can't risk anything. Um, but everything for me is still like moving along as planned. Like I'm still transcribing interviews. I'm still interviewing participants. I'm still doing everything. I think what I'm struggling with though is like, you know, everyone considers this time to be a time of like massive productivity because you're at home, like you have your work with you. Why not do your work? But I find that for me, I'm like, I feel like that's a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I, I get frustrated with myself sometimes because I'm like, I'm still expected to be as productive as I would be if nothing was happening, but I'm finding it really difficult to be productive at times. And sure. like, I don't know if that's just because I'm living at home. Is it because we're living in a pandemic like I don't I'm just finding that at times I'm struggling and I'm getting really up like mad at myself for being like well why am I so tired today like why can't I do this why can't I just mm -hmm. work on this why can't I put x y and z together why can't I write this like yeah. I want to do all these things I have this huge list of like oh my god these are all the things that I could potentially get done with all this time now but I'm finding that at times it's just, it's difficult. Like I'm beating myself up for not being as productive as I would like to be because it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Like all you have is time on yeah. your hands. And I see all of these posts on the internet that say, you know, right now is the time to make yourself better, to do all these productive things that you wish you could do because you're at home and you have all the time in the world. But it's, it's overwhelming because now that you have all this time, you think that you should be doing even more with your time. And it, it just doesn't equate, right? You still have to do the same prep work. You still have to do mm -hmm. the same. Um, and even the transition itself is difficult. Like me trying to set up Zoom right now was a struggle because this is my first time and I know there's going to be many more conferences to come. Um, but it's, it's just difficult trying to transition through that without, um, yeah, without having all this time in the world anyways to begin with. So there, it seems like there's a lot of pressure for sure. Oh, I think it's also that with the situation itself, it's still a lot to think about since mm -hmm. it's ongoing and developing. And this is, I think, especially for for some students or even just regular, even just people that maybe have mental health issues or are more prone to anxiety and stress, because right. it's it's a lot to consider, especially if they have to think about 
family members that are in Canada or even outside of Canada. I know I have a couple of friends that they're, they're in this, they're from, from the States. So they're a bit concerned about some of the older family members down there that they can't travel back there because it's a, a risk it just in case they bring mm-hmm. something with them. Right. So it's, it's, it's a lot because they don't know how to deal with it. And it's just slowly trying to get their mind off of it which right. doesn't necessarily end up doing work. You might just do something that makes you feel good. Which <laughs> or is something rarely that distracts writing, reading. you. Yeah. Exactly. Which could be from reading, cooking, watching YouTube videos, or just mm-hmm. going on Netflix and seeing 10 hours pass in the blink of an eye. Oh, 100%. I noticed <laughs> that I've been doing that. I'm like, I don't think it's necessarily about a routine, but I'm trying to think of things that I can do that are like, for me, give me a sense of like peace and quiet so I can just do whatever I need to do. So like, I've noticed that like I'm exercising a lot more because it's like, well, why not? And like, you can't think of (laughs) things when you're like breathing so hard (laughs) or like, I don't know, I got to paint by number or I'll watch Mm. like a million episodes of Great British Bake Off because it's (laughs) like super relaxing. Like, I'm just finding, like, ways to occupy my time now, but in doing so, it's bringing back, like, these feelings of guilt, and then, yeah, these feelings of anxiety, because I know for me, at least, like, you know, I have family members that are higher risk, Mm -hmm. so, like, worrying about them, worrying, what if you're an asymptomatic carrier, what, like, what, like, how long is this going to be happening for, like, there's so many, like, I don't... That's the big question, right? Oh man, (laughs) you know, it like starts off with two weeks and then the next thing you know, it's going to be like three or four months that you're out of commission in terms of work and in terms of um, the normal productivity that we're used to. So it's hard to conceptualize that this is not going to be just two weeks that, you know, I've, this isn't, I guess, short-term temporary, right? So how are you guys coping with that? Do you think, how is the staying inside in terms of that? How does that make you feel? Uh, well, I still go on runs when I can, because I know if I stay inside continuously, I'd probably go insane. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's fair. But, but the running and, well, my girlfriend's got a dog, so I occasionally take the dog out. So mm-hmm. I'm getting fresh air. So that's the important thing. Yes, um, I think that's definitely key. <laughs> it, it's really just got to find stuff to do. I mean, mm-hmm. occasionally I do, I have moments for a few hours and like, I'm just going to sit down and do absolutely nothing. Everybody Sometimes you need that. it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but, for sure. I agree. I thought, weirdly, I also took this time to try and practice new things. I wanted to get more into baking and cooking. So mm-hmm. with, with a lot of ingredients I can get my hands on, I'll <laughs> make work. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's probably the real challenge right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also thought, along with reading and writing, this might be the best time to tr- teach myself a second language because i got all this extra time oh, on my hands. <laughs> so maybe in the next few months, I will... Mm-hmm. The next grad life, I'm, I'll speak partial French. Oh my god! <laughs> see what happens. Wow. <laughs> That's a useful language. Yeah, you sound so productive, Gavin. I don't know. For me, there's days I, where I'm Amy, literally I'm like, talk right now. It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> I've already it's, I've already hit that point. Yeah. I'm not I'm not even there anymore. There's like some days where I'll literally like if I know there's a room that I have to myself, I will literally just like lie on the couch and like put a podcast on and just lie there and stare at the ceiling. Like, that's that's therapy i think <laughs> like, i might want to quickly I want, actually speaking of podcasts and the one that we're <laughs> i want to quickly pl- plug one it's called the um it's got the happiness laboratory okay oh, it's I got some really good they, par- 
uh, my supervisor recommended to me yesterday and they've mm -hmm. got three new bonus episodes on how to stay positive and cope being in, working at home while this is all unfolding. Right. So that's, that's definitely useful, especially in this, in this time. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's so. also important that like if people are feeling upset or sad, like you're more than justified to feel those ways mm -hmm. <laughs> in this time. Once again, like what we're going through is completely unprecedented. There's no For sure guidebook on how to cope or how to feel when we're going through something like this because we've mm -hmm. never experienced something like this before no one is usually right? in lockdown for two weeks plus right so it, it's different for sure for sure so yeah, in terms hard. of yeah i want to talk a little bit about how different faculties differ in terms so we did touch upon this a little bit but i want to talk about in terms of you know the faculty emails that you get and that sort of thing what have you been told about what's going on right now? And does it differ? Do you think it's just Western in general that's mandating certain, um, certain rules, certain guidelines, or do you think um, things differ in between, uh, in, in between faculties? Right. Um, I don't know if the faculties differ. I don't know if universities differ. I think if I make any comment on that, it's probably extrapolating in some regard, just because I mm -hmm. don't know. But I know at least for my faculty, you know, because we're in health sciences, there's a lot of students that have like placements in the hospitals or yeah. do a lot of research in the hospitals and those placements or those kinds of activities, unless once again, it's deemed essential or work mm -hmm. that works towards COVID-19, it's all been canceled. Um, right. Everyone, I don't know, it's difficult, like different people in my program have different experiences. I have friends whose mm -hmm. research is completely put on hold because their research is with older, more vulnerable populations and right. they can't risk going to meet those individuals. Whereas someone like me, everything mm -hmm. is running as they yeah. normally would. Right. So the messages that we've gotten is just like, you know, any work that is deemed non-essential for those who are doing placements or working in different hospitals or different areas, mm -hmm. they're not happening anymore. But I think there's an expectation that if you can do your research or if you can do your work, you're just supposed to keep calm and carry on. <laughs> That's the thing. And how do your, I know, obviously this isn't your experience, but how do your friends see, you know, your, their research being put on hold? Does that mean, are they scared they have to do an extra year? Or are they concerned about that year X? I think a lot of them are. A lot of them are just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't right. know what's going to come. Because for some of them, like the institutions, like some of them get data from different institutions. And mm -hmm. those institutions that they're supposed to get their data from are now closed. Or right. they're working with populations that are more vulnerable. Or they need to put in applications for getting certain data or different yeah. ethics applications but the institutions that they're supposed to be submitting to are also closed or are also only doing things that are deemed as essential at this mm -hmm. point so definitely you know when we put out questions on social media and things like that there's a lot right. of people i know whose research is just like well you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this and they're just kind of sitting there like yeah. well what can they, i do are they expected to still be productive is there that sort of stigma that still holds? I feel like, see, part of me is like, it's a societal, this like pervasive academic culture thing mm -hmm. that is still telling us that we need to be productive. But then the right. other part of me is just like, have our brains just been warped in that way because of academia? And so we all Probably. think that we need to be productive in this time, but we don't actually like need to hold that standard of productivity that we mm -hmm. used to. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I'm sure there's definitely some stigma associated with it. Um, I just, I wonder if there's just guidelines in general, you know, for supervisors and people who, and mentors and people who work closely with students who are doing this sort of research, there should be some sort of reassurance that everything's going to be okay. And yeah. I feel like at this point, it seems more so of keep doing what you're doing if you can, and if not, we'll reconvene later. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So there's a there's a bit of an uncertainty, I think, for for some students. Definitely. I think with the issues as well, that for the university making all these decisions, there some of them were like made within like three or three hour gaps. So right. the departments and then your supervisors are at the mercy of whatever uh, oh, discussions go yeah. on uh, at, for administration. So if they say one thing, they prepare for that. But they go, like, oh, actually, we're just going to close everything. They then have to tell them <laughs> yeah. to then relate to all of us to say, oh, by the way, this is all going to be closing now. It's like, it was like two days ago when they said, oh, all the doors, key, card access and manual key are going to be locked. Unless yes. you're the very few people that they actually need on site. Mm -hmm. So they said, if you don't come get your stuff now from your lab or office by midnight, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to get it at least for the mm -hmm. next few weeks. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, it's definitely ongoing. And I don't, I do think the university should think, at least after they sorted out the online classes for good start mm -hmm. to think about what to do for students who are supposed to graduate definitely in april yes and end of the summer i think mm -hmm. they need to think about how they can accommodate for them because april mm -hmm. they're definitely not gonna be able to finish graduate right. on time they can probably still submit the thesis mm -hmm. and how does that work it's probably thesis or defense only status at that yeah. point hopefully yeah. right yeah but people at yeah. the end of august if they still needed to get more data now mm -hmm. before finish writing they're yeah. not gonna be able to so it's either do you tell them just to write whatever they have and publish it or do you let them stay longer in the winter but on a like i guess you could do the thesis defense only but it seems again this seems a bit unfair right in that because regard then i think when you're a thesis defense only and you've passed your your required years for stipend then you're not guaranteed funding yeah in that sense right so seems a little bit like a catch-22 there mm -hmm. and i've also heard that some people even in terms of defense if you're ready to defend people have decided to set up video conferences and that sort of thing so zoom defenses <laughs> um which do you think do you think that's better or worse the same? I, I think it's a happy medium because I right. like I think about all the work that goes like I think about us right and how hard mm -hmm. we're working like imagine you're about to defend and something like this happens would you rather have your defense deferred or would you rather have it go but just happen via zoom I know myself personally I would just rather have it happen via zoom I would For sure. hate yeah. to have to defer it. Oh yeah, no, I would <laughs> definitely try to get it as soon as possible and if it was through the zoom it's through zoom. And I also thought about that too. And if you're, you know, doing a PhD defense and you have externals coming in, it's probably easier for the externals to actually show up to your defense rather than, you know, having the university pay for them to come in and that sort of thing. So maybe there's more incentive that way. Maybe. That's no, I, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. You don't want yeah. to, especially for defense, you definitely don't want to put off. I know some computational mm -hmm. exams at the moment have now been pushed oh. back. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because when you check, they ask, I know in my department, because they ask us to sometimes write equations, draw diagrams. Oh, yeah. So you can't really do it on Zoom unless you're very good with a mouse and touchpad. 
Yeah. You use your notebook and then you show it up to the screen. <laughs> yeah, just hold yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. I have some friends that are in um, professional programs currently, mm-hmm. like professional graduate programs, and they like they don't know if they're going to graduate. And it really sucks because when it comes to a professional program, you're paying significantly more out of pocket for sure for, for sure. these experiences. Like I have one friend who gave me permission to use her experience and I won't say what university or what program or anything, but they're in a mm-hmm. professional program. Um, you know, they pay tens of thousands of dollars for tuition to be in this mm-hmm. program. Their committee members happen to be individuals that are doing what's deemed essential research at this time. And okay. so even finding time to meet with committee members or have a conversation with committee members about their work is not happening because mm-hmm. they're doing all of this essential work at this point. Classes are now either moved online or canceled. People that need to do research or do certain types of research with different populations or needed mm-hmm. specific equipment who now don't have access to it. It's not happening. And so this friend is just like, you know, I just spent tens of thousands of dollars on my tuition and I'm supposed to be graduating by this date. And like, it's all up in the air now. Like I can't get a hold of my committee members. I can't mm-hmm. get a hold of anyone. The university I go to has these like wishy-washy policies about how they're going to help us. Or if you go and you yeah. email the person that they say to email you like for, and you need help and you email that person, then that person refers you to another person. And it ends up being this huge cyclical mess. Like no yeah. one, a no one knows. Yeah. yeah. Like no one knows what is happening. No one knows what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do. And like, I understand why that's happening because everything's changing so rapidly, but there's a bunch of students that are just left hanging who have invested right. so much that now it's just like... And there's that uncertainty, right? Like, will they be penalized? Will they have to do an extra year? Will they have to pay that extra tuition, right? There's so many uncertainties and it can ev- eventually affect your life down the road, like in the next year or, or however long this ends up taking, right? And if you don't have that contingency contingency plan and if you don't have other mentors or supervisors you know telling you how to go about it it makes it very difficult then to plan and to you know have that sense of reassurance going forward right yeah or even currently like I couldn't imagine if everything of mine was all of a sudden on hold and like Mm. I had these impending deadlines or I can't get in contact with anyone or nobody knows what's going on like Mm. I could like the amount of stress that that would cause is absolutely like that's insane like where you're just, you're just stuck. Like there's like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to accurately describe it. Yeah. And I just want to, I want to bring it back to our experiences a little bit. Do you feel like you've had a lot of support in terms of, you know, supervisors, committee members? Um, Do you talk frequently? Um, I know it's something in my lab at least where we try to send emails, even if it's just, I'm doing well working on this, like not even showing results just to make sure like there's a line of communication going. Is that something that's still going on with your labs? Yeah, um, well, we're still having our bi-weekly group meetings via Zoom. We had our first one actually um, oh. yesterday. Uh, we, my supervisor made a competition to who had the best virtual background. So that's why I've got- <laughs> Did, Did Did you win? We actually didn't announce the winner. I think oh, she just wanted to see what people would do. <laughs> you should follow up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, to be honest, I think she would have won. She wore a blue Star Trek Lieutenant Commander uniform and had the bridge of the Enterprise oh behind God. her. So like, I can't compete That's, with that. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> but we do still have bi-weekly group meetings. And then mm-hmm. after that, we also, in, 
in those off weeks, we have our individual meetings still. She also set up a Zoom coffee break meeting to happen at 10 a.m. every day. It's just open. So you don't have to go there. It's just if you want, if you have nothing to do, it's 10 a.m. in the morning. You can jump on and see if anyone's just chilling on there. Just so you know, there's still someone to talk to outside of the home. So That's really nice. You're just able to like keep contact open. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aww. And... Yeah, my other supervisor, he's still, we're still having the group meetings, but he's yeah. got a lot of his plate at the moment because right. he's like the head of he's the quite chair of our introdu- institution. So he had to put out a lot of stuff when it again cancels. He had to like sort all that out. So that was a lot. Um, yeah, no, definitely. That's a lot to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. I specifically don't work in a lab for my dissertation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my contacts or my contact, my supervisor contacted me to see how I was doing and see how things were going. Um, and I kind of just give updates on a relatively regular basis just to say like, Hey, this is what's going on with data collection. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed X, Y, Z people, the like whatever transcripts are uploaded here, right. like blah, blah, blah. It's just kind of like an updates based thing, but nothing, too crazy. Um, the research center I work at holds the same kind of thing, like a weekly meeting every Thursday as well. Um, just to talk, like if someone has just wants to talk about their research and get some feedback, or if people literally just want to see each other's faces, um, and, or like they're feeling a little bit isolated and they just want to see other people that happens. Um, (laughs) other than that though, it's nothing crazy. Like I've got, I definitely got like multiple group chats happening. I've noticed that like, it's more so happening like with friends that are explicitly trying to stay in contact with one another Mm -hmm. which is nice right like it's good to keep in contact it's we're doing social distancing but not social media distancing right so something (laughs) to keep in mind i was kind of making the joke yeah we're physically distanced yeah (laughs) i was also saying i was thinking that when this is all over i bet people are just not going to go back to work they're going to get so used to working virtually it's going to stay like that and as well right like if we manage to get everything done at home what's the point Right. <laughs> so I don't need your institution. I can work from home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I'm thinking is like, what are your, you know, at the end of all of this, like none of us are going to be the same. No, definitely not. You right? know what I mean? Like there's, mm. there's been a shift. Like we're not, there's been a point in time that we are never going to go back to. Oh, for sure. And I just, I don't know how that's going to work moving forward. Like in terms of the work that we're doing, our policy is going to change about how we need to be doing our work or how Mm -hmm. work is going to be done moving forward. Or, you know, even just like personally, like are your relationships with people going to change? Is your relationship with yourself going to change? Are your feelings going to change? Like, I just (laughs) think that we're going through this humongous shift currently that like no one... There's not a point of return at this point. No, people are going to have a bigger appreciation for hygiene, especially hand hygiene. Yes, wash your hands. <laughs> and yeah. not coughing into your hands or sneezing into the open air like a five-year-old. Do you think mm-hmm. there's going to be more paranoia associated with, you know, going out and that sort of thing, at least in the first little while? I think so. I, yeah, yeah, I think people are going to be significantly more cautious about getting sick. I think that right. when when this distancing I like to call it physical distancing instead of social distancing because right, the point yeah. of it is just to be like physically apart from one another but socially we're still supposed to remain or at least try to remain connected so that we can right. all stay sane but like mm-hmm. I do think that people are going to become significantly more cautious when this right. kind of physical distancing 
dissipates. Like, mm-hmm. and if people are seeing each other, I think you're going to be having a lot more like nights in <laughs> than mm-hmm. going out to different places or things like that. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what's going to happen because this is going to last for a while and it's going to come in waves. So I don't know how people are going to be approaching this going forward. I do think people are going to be overall more cautious, 100%. I can see that too. And I feel like the transition back into work is going to be slow, at least in my Mm -hmm. opinion, because, you know, you can't just have everyone from home immediately go back into work in their little cubicles, like in my bullpen area where my desk is, right? Like, it's, it's going to be a slow transition, I think, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I just think we're in a very, very weird time right now. And I'm, mm-hmm. like, I'm flip-flopping a lot in terms of how I feel. Sometimes I feel fine. Sometimes, like, yesterday, yeah. I was really proud of myself. I was like, you know what? I had a really productive day. I went and, like, verified this transcript and shot out a million emails and mm-hmm. did X, Y, Z. And then there's other days where I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, I typed a paragraph and that's enough. Yeah. And I heard from a friend um, who gave me some really good advice in terms of how to feel productive when you don't feel like you're productive. So she told me about, you know, creating a task log. And every time you do something, whether it's minor, whether it's significant, because, you know, in your head, you have these really big goals, like I'm going to write my thesis, I'm going to write the entire intro of my thesis or something like that. And at the end of the day, it doesn't get done and you feel like you haven't done anything. So if you create, you know, sort of task log saying I worked on this section or I wrote these few sentences here, you can, you know, assess how you're going and make sure you're more or less the same sort of productive or productivity went down one day, you know that you can catch up another day. So it's a good, you know, self-assessment at the end of the day um, to see whether you were actually doing something with your time, at least one thing, um, rather than, you know, you didn't accomplish the thing that you wanted to accomplish the day of, but you did do something. So that's that's one way to, you know, try to feel productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not done that. Um, Me neither. I tried it yesterday also, for the first time. I might do that today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the person that'll write, like, write introduction. Me too. And Me just, too. <laughs> I'm that person that does, like, the yeah. bigger and, like, won't check it off until it's absolutely done. So it's yeah. always this, like, persistent line in my mm-hmm. to-do list of things to do. Yeah, yeah. But. That's the thing, right? And so she warned me against not doing to-do lists because like you said, you have all of these lines that just don't end up getting checked off. So to have the feel of being productive, you can say, I wrote three sentences today. And it's something that shows up on your sticky note on your computer or in your, uh, in your um, notebook or something like that. And you can be like, okay, I wrote down something. I did something today <laughs> and we yeah. can like do something else maybe. Or even if you worked out, say you worked out today, that's, you worked on yourself. Great. Right. So it's there's different ways that you can definitely combat that for sure yeah or like if you laid on your couch all day and did absolutely nothing you're still investing in yourself you're just investing in your mental health meditation do what you got to do to make yourself feel better you know what i meditated for 30 minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly or like something maybe for me like meditating is still like listening to a podcast or like you know i have my paint by number like here on the table beside me it's like working on my little paint by number every day but Mm -hmm. i don't know i just think I think it's important that like, if you feel like you can be productive and you feel like you can go about doing this work, then by all means, all the power to you go and do that work. And if you feel satisfied by it, then like 100%, that's amazing. But Mm -hmm. if you feel like you're incapable of being productive or you find that it's hard to be productive, you know, and like, I sit here saying these things, but like, I'm constantly beating myself up over it. But like, I do think it's important that we're more gentle with ourselves in this this time, just be... 
right? And I know that I'm struggling with it 100%. Like I'm constantly beating myself up, but I do think it's important that, you know, if you feel like you can't be productive, it makes sense as to why you can't be productive. Once again, we're living in a time that's completely different from anything anyone has ever experienced, but like, it's just, it's hard not to beat yourself up. So like if anyone else is feeling those feelings, like I totally empathize because I just, I'm finding myself there are times where I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this now. And I sit here Mm -hmm. with my laptop and like my eyes just glaze over or like, I'm just incapable of yeah. being productive to be, sometimes. Yeah, you can't expect to be productive when you feel like you have all this time in the world. Like you're going to go through the same slumps that you went through during your PhD in your workplace, right? So why would you expect that anything would change at home? It's, it's a sort of mental, you have to get yourself in the right mindset for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And you can't always be in the, in the right mindset 24-7. That's ridiculous. We're not robots, right? <laughs> we have up days, you have down days. Uh, it's just what happens, right? Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. I think it's hard. And like when I talk to some other people about it, I'm like, so how has it affected you in like your grad life or Mm -hmm. like grad studies or whatever? And like their answers are completely irrelevant to being a grad student. It's just like general things. Like someone messaged me and was like, I found out I'm really crap at word games. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm glad you were able you're to have this realization. <laughs> yeah, you're learning about yourself. You're still engaging in some sort of learning. Or yeah. like one person was like, well, I cook a lot and I play a lot of online games with my friends now. And I was like, sick. Cool. Like, yeah. like you found another thing to do with your time. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I think everyone's handling it differently. And mm-hmm. I think that's just what's important is like, you yeah. need to do whatever's making you feel best. Like I know for me, I'm always someone that needs to plan things Mm -hmm. like I'm really anal about that Mm -hmm. and I've noticed that like in these times I I, I'm forcing myself to take everything day by day because if I even think about yeah your long-term planning blah 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 like I will just send myself into a spiral if the government is taking it day by day I feel like we're allowed to take it day by day as well right like no one no one knows what's going on right so if I can't plan the next three days then that's not my problem right like take it one step at a time and hopefully that puts everybody at ease, but I know it won't. <laughs> um, one thing that I do want to touch upon, because I saw this quite a bit in the, in the social media re- outreach that we did, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people have said that, you know, their conferences have been canceled and um, only like what, how did COVID affect your research? And, you know, someone replied, only canceled every major conference presentation on my CV for 2020. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I mean, it's unfortunate. I understand Mm -hmm. why the conferences did it, but what's important is like to make sure you still write that on your CV and still get that credit on your CV. APA has actually released formatting on how to format those presentations on your CV in proper APA formatting to say that it was canceled because of COVID. Maybe we can post that when we upload this video. I think that would be good. Yeah, we'll include that link, but it's important to know that like, it's really unfortunate that those Mm -hmm. things got canceled. I totally understand, obviously, in this mentality of like publish or perish or get all these conference yes. presentations in order to mm-hmm. be a stellar Successful. PhD student, whatever, yeah. whatever, like all that other mm-hmm. crap. It's important to still get credit for those things. It's okay. not your fault that the conference was canceled. It's not your fault that your presentation didn't go through. So still mm-hmm. write down that you were you know, submitted to do this presentation. Yeah. Accepted. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Abstract, yeah. Yeah. Abstract was ex- like, ex- whatever, accepted for an oral presentation, poster mm-hmm. presentation, whatever it may be. But APA did release specific formatting on how to format writing out those presentations that ended up getting canceled so it's important that it sucks that it's canceled Mm -hmm. but you can still get credit for it i know that happened to me i was supposed to give a talk at a different university and it got canceled (laughs) but like 
I'm still writing it down in my CV because these are circumstances that are out of my control. I think it's really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. I think it's really stress inducing for students who rely on these presentations in order for funding, scholarships, moving forward, job Mm -hmm. applications, but make sure you get the credit for it. Even (laughs) volunteer work, I'd say, because there's a lot of, you know, people who do outreach in schools, that sort of thing. If it's canceled, you can't go. But if you had something scheduled, for sure, write it down, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. no way that you like you shouldn't because you know if you had it scheduled if you made the accommodations to do something in that period of time you should definitely get the credit for it for sure yeah i had to go to like two weeks ago i was supposed to go a huge group of our research supposed to go to like the largest planetary science conference in the world in texas but then Mm -hmm. that got cancelled and for me i know for quite a few of us it was quite frustrating because i won one of the travel grants that they offered there and i had to give an oral and a poster presentation so oh, that would have been the, lovely. Yeah. So you're getting all these credits that just like, yeah. Oh, I'm so they're on my CV regardless. For sure. but, Keep them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was also more frustrating for me is because it's, since it's my penultimate year, this is mm-hmm. like my networking year. That's the and thing, right? So yeah. now, I mean, I'm just going to have to use email and zoom to connect with people. I think now it's more of an understanding just to reach out to people now via email. Mm-hmm. It's a different person. For sure, yeah. But it was definitely, no way to do it. <laughs> but it was definitely frustrating. I had plans to meet up with all these different research groups and that just got thrown out the window. That's yeah. really hard. So mm-hmm. I have to adapt to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. I guess one positive side is if you're someone who's a little bit more socially anxious and have difficulty approaching people in person, like oh, you're kind of mandated to approach them. It was like you see all the memes where it says... Uh, quarantine extroverts are just like sad and depressed introverts are having the time of their life yeah (laughs) partying it up yeah (laughs) and yeah it's hard for everyone I think everyone's gonna end up I don't want to say gonna end up but I think everyone is feeling some feeling of like being unsettled Mm -hmm. at this Mm -hmm. point And, and to be honest you know moving forward we've now developed skills that you know a lot of people can't say that they've had we can show you know to potential workers and that sort of thing that we're adaptable we can still be productive in times of adversity like these are my this is my cv talk i guess in terms of you <laughs> know, how to, like how to market skill, yourself like, was yeah. still productive in a pandemic yes i managed <laughs> to do x y and z when the world was burning <laughs> so i made 50 yeah. loaves of bread during pandemic <laughs> i'm so excited for your bread making i don't yes. know did either of you take up any like new skills or like new hobbies gavin other than like your bread making that you've taken on now i'm gonna try and learn a second language but that's about it mm-hmm. right now okay <laughs> i've done a 3d puzzle and i've started watercoloring so oh, yeah, oh i've had yeah. so many people take up painting now it looks it's, a lot, it's a lot of looks really good yeah it looks really i have a few friends i have a few friends that are doing like watercolors and then hold on here at the table <laughs> i have my adult paint by number Beautiful. that i'm doing currently oh it's nice it's very Bob intricate Ross i don't know if i can bring it as close to the camera but like you can the see it's very somewhere? yeah, yeah. Oh See, so tiny. it's very tiny like this kit came with where is it a magnifying glass oh my god <laughs> yeah you know there's, it's real one yeah there's some patches that are so small you have to paint it with a toothpick oh my so. gosh. Well, around april my girlfriend and i are going to be busy with a nintendo switch so <gasps> you're gonna have such a good time you're never yeah. gonna do work ever again yeah, they're no, sold out everywhere well are they? Yeah. except for the lights there's still plenty of lights but the regular mm-hmm. consoles they're apparently they're all sold out Oh, interesting. I have been playing more video games recently as well. I have noticed that. (laughs) 
Oh, well. <laughs> so, I mean, once again, I think at the end of the day, it's like whatever keeps you sane as long mm-hmm. as you're not coming in contact with other people and you're washing your hands. And if you're feeling sick, you're staying home. <laughs> like, yeah. Within those limitations. Yeah. Even if you're not yeah. feeling sick, stay home. Stay as home. As much as you can. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, to, go for I, a walk. Don't come yeah. in contact. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up one point, actually, if you got yeah. bring it up earlier before if we get to the end. Um, mm-hmm. I got a message from a friend of mine i'm not going to mention their institution or yeah it's like what Mm -hmm. they do for confidentiality but they said they are having an issue when it comes to trying to contact their supervisors the supervisors are pretty much gone off grid but apparently they've been still been emailing their co-workers Hmm. but not them and they have to grad they were supposed to finish up the phd this year and they also have the issue that they're also in between jobs because if you're about to finish yeah. and you had something lined up, how do you think institutions should be handling like HR paperwork for students that were supposed to be leaving, but they need that paperwork ready so they could still pay, yeah. get the next job and actually pay bills. And that that's a little back, bit of a worry. Yeah, it comes back to the uncertainty. You know, there's people across the board, you know, some people, well, at least my supervisor is doing a decent job at, you know, keeping in contact and making sure that we're all up to date and providing that sort of reassurance that, you know, everything is going to be okay moving forward. You're not going to get delayed. But if you don't get that reassurance from, you know, people mm-hmm. in higher positions, it's it's scary, right? Because mm-hmm. you're so uncertain and you know that other people also don't know what's going on. So you have no one to turn to. So I feel for your friend <laughs> in the sense that, you know, how are you supposed to make plans going forward when everyone has just stopped? Can they go to, like, a next higher up, like a department head? Or, uh, like, I, I'm just trying to think about how I would try to approach right. the situation if this were me. Because that's really hard. Like, your supervisor is so integral to you. For sure. Moving yeah. forward, being done. And if this person all of a sudden is MIA or you can't get in contact with them. Maybe send a message through the coworkers that they're actually talking to. Be like, also, by the way, so-and-so would want to talk to you. <laughs> I guess please arrange that. Yeah, I guess they could. I wasn't quite wasn't mentioned about going higher up, but I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's just because either it seemed a bit too going behind backs, but I think it comes to a point that you have to, Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe because the higher ups are so busy and swamped trying to adapt to everything. Maybe they don't have time for you. It's not a high priority for them. Right, mm-hmm. but even just like sending an email being like, I've received your email, I understand your concern, let me get back to you in XYZ days just because we are prioritizing different things right now or because we need to deal with yeah. these things first. And it's not that your concerns aren't important, it's mm-hmm. just that unfortunately we have this humongous to-do list of other things that we need to get done before we can address your concerns, which I know mm-hmm. still is yeah. like crap i know that i still would not be feeling very good in that scenario but but at least an acknowledgement confirmation emails i think should be a given at this point because there's no way that you can follow up except for through the internet right Mm -hmm. so i feel like that has to be a sort of given yeah higher up situations that you should at least say i received your email we'll get to it as soon as possible like those automated emails you get trying to get online services they say we have received your query we will respond to you within five three to five working days yeah At least you have a timeline, right? And it eases your anxiety a little bit because after that timeline, you know that something went wrong. (laughs) That's really hard. Yeah, it's difficult. And that's that's the whole point of making this podcast, right? To see everyone's different sides, 
to see whether it's uniform, whether people are struggling, and hopefully providing some reassurance that, you know, it might be bad now, but hopefully we'll come out better in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope so. Maybe we'll do like a follow-up episode in a couple of weeks, think, like depending I on where so. we are. And we'll just do a follow-up episode to see A, how we're yeah. doing, but B, to see how everybody else is doing. Because, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, currently, because we're still at the very relatively at the beginning beginning. of this people are still trying to navigate these systems and maybe Mm -hmm. in a couple weeks time when you know there's firmer conclusions there's firmer policies or whatever put in place or whoever's in an administrative role has a better understanding of what is going to happen moving forward maybe things maybe experiences will change um yeah i don't know maybe we'll do a follow-up just to see how we're all well, feeling in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and this is ever-changing, right? You know, you always get new mandated rules every day, especially from Western. I get email updates every day. So, you know, this is Same. ever-changing. Next week, we might be a totally different conversation, right? Mm-hmm. We have no idea. Oh, definitely. We're going to have to follow up in a couple of sure. weeks, I think. Sure. Um, I guess with that, then, are there any final notes? Does anyone have any final feelings that they kind of want to put out there? <laughs> Stay healthy and clean your hands. I think that's the best Um, thing you can do right now. (laughs) The way that I sign off on emails is stay safe, stay healthy, stay at home. And Mm. yep, that's my, that's my sentiment. (laughs) I would agree with both of those. Stay healthy in whatever regard you need to stay healthy. If that's mentally, if that's emotionally, if that's physically, whatever it is, do what you need to do. But as long as you are staying home and washing your hands. And I guess we'll just leave it at that. I don't know, guys. Everybody stay safe. Hopefully you're able to relate to some aspects of this. Um, We'll probably do a follow-up one in a couple weeks just to check in, A, on how we're all feeling, but then also just to check in and see how everybody else is feeling, if anything has changed in this time, and we can kind of go through that and go from there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a plan. So. Right. So I guess with that final words is uh, this has been Grad Life, just a very special segment um, this time coming around, a very digital special segment. Um, You know, if you liked our podcast, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or if you want to get in contact with us, or if you think there's any content that you'd like us to speak about, let us know. But other than that, this is Grad Life. It's been a special segment of the Gradcast podcast. So just keep listening and everybody stay safe and wash your hands.